man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is the 1st of August, uh, 2022. The world is spinning just a little bit too fast for my liking. Here in Spain, the weather is uh, really hot. It's very hot. It's very sticky. You can't really sleep well without the air conditioning on. But the minute you put the air conditioning on, obviously, you've got um, bigger bills. And uh, when people think that Spain is wonderful, uh, it is. But it is. There's a, a, there's a price to pay. P- price to pay for virtually everything. Right. Into the uh, fictional plain, across the fictional mountains. A couple of hours and uh, we're out of Spain and across the channel. We've got... We've got um, s- We've got Wales on our right-hand side, dipping in over Liverpool. John Lennon Airport. I say that very loudly just to make sure Don hears it. And then hopefully uh, Don will be waiting in the taxi for uh, for us to arrive. Don, I'm sure you know that that uh, gives you a, the full picture. What's your weather like on Wirral Merseyside today? It's lovely. It's nice. It's been lovely since the two-day heat wave we had. Uh, it's beautiful here today. Uh, apparently rain's forecast, but that doesn't mean much. It's been probably 18 degrees uh, virtually all summer, except for the two days heat wave, the two days of summer we had. Um, so, you know, otherwise, the weather today, again, lovely, you know. Okay, well, uh, again... I watch uh, the British TV telling me that it's the Wirral and uh, as you often say, you know, it's not the Liverpool. Uh, But in Spanish, we have the Chelsea as opposed to Chelsea. But anyway, it's all moot points. And so uh, where are we going to start this week? Well, I think we'd better start with the ladies' cup final, haven't we? The ladies' Euro final, which we won. I think we'd better start with that because it's blanket news at the moment. And what a game that was. Did you see it? I did see it, every second of it. Um, I liked most of what I saw. I thought that um, there was a little bit of physicality which has crept into the game since we were saying how well they played the game. I mean, there was some nasty little digs here and there, but then again, it was, of course, the final, and it was England versus Germany. So, you know, somewhere in the mix, you've got to take that into consideration, don't you? Yeah, it was a must-win game. I said that at the start of the week. It's a must-win game now. They had to win that to, to do anything for ladies' football. Uh, had they lost, it would have been, oh, we did well to get to the final and all that rubbish. Um, sport is about winning. That's it. Full stop. You know, I've played sport, and it's about winning. That, that's why you play sport. It's all very well saying, oh, you know, it's a taking part. It isn't. You've got to win. Had they lost that game, the, the ladies' game would have gone back or 12 paces. As it has now, it's advanced. That will do them the world of good. That will put ladies' football on the map. And it was a great game. 
and uh, Germany were very upset, apparently. Uh, the headlines in the papers there, was, we was robbed. <laughs> so, you know, but either way, I thought it was a great game, but it was a must-win game. We had to win that to, to do anything for ladies' football, and it was great. And girls know how to celebrate. It's fun watching them celebrate, you know, and, and the crowd were normally didn't have them standing up, opening their arms and, you know, as if they're part of it all. It was great. And I don't know if you saw the little girl. Um, did you see the little girl? Yes, uh, because she was dancing and it went viral. And, um, yes, I, I did. And, and one of the players sent her a shirt her shirt. I thought it was great, you know. I thought the whole thing was, was great. I'm just glad they won, because had they not won, uh, that would have been it, really. You know, we go on and on about getting beaten by Germany. I just hoped it wouldn't go to penalties. You know, that would have been, that would have been the end. But I thought it was great, and I'm just delighted we won, because it was a must-win game. That was that was it really. It's all very well going winning ten nil and five nil all the way up to it. That was the one you have to win. And sport, that's got you got to put that into kids' heads. It's about winning, not not coming second. No one remembers who comes second. You know, you've got to win at sport, and, and that that's what's got to be planted in their heads. There's too much of this. Oh, it's the taking part for count. It isn't. You know, if you want to exercise, go to the gym. Yeah. That's my opinion. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to take a different point of view. And I've got to say that the problem really is with any tournament, if you're going to say it like that, you'll only have ever one team of players who basically can celebrate. That's uh, if you go down the path of only thinking that you win. Now, I think everybody should have the objective of winning. I think everybody should play to win. Uh, but, I mean, I'm reading uh, that, you know, one of the great triumphs as they become the queens of Europe. Don't forget, by the way, that um, Germany have won this eight times and uh, the, the Lionesses have only won it the once. But anyway, uh, they are enjoying post-match celebrations, drinking beer. Now, that's to me, is the more worrying aspect of this. Because we've got something going on in the uh, general melee, the general mix of things, where they're trying to rule out heading the football because of uh, Alzheimer's. That's what they're trying to, to uh, you know, promote. Now, I saw several headers in this tournament worthy of any guy playing football, yet I have not heard one whisper of heading the ball, dementia, um, Alzheimer's, any of this, because it doesn't suit. And especially when I see that the jubilant lionesses are celebrating drinking beer. You see, the whole point for me is I think it's by drinking too much alcohol, especially when you've retired from the sport and maybe you're not doing as much physical exercise, I think that's where they should be looking for clues with Alzheimer's, personally. If you want to look and link with, with football, if you want to look and link with life in general, then it's pretty obvious to me that if a lot of people, and probably most people, drink beer um, or alcohol, then that's where you should be looking. But the drinks lobby don't want that, do they? 
Well, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, you see, what it'll do, it'll make girls want to play now, because the, when we won the 66 World Cup, we weren't allowed to play with the women, apparently. Um, so, you know, you just got to look at it as a sport. See, when it mentioned the followers, you know, that's what we are here. We know that. And I think that will, that will inspire a lot of people to play the sport, girls, uh, to play the sport. You don't have to inspire lads because we've played it for years. But I think that, that cup final was it. That was the, the key point. They had to win that. If they lost that, they'd have all been, oh, we did well, you know, and all this. But, uh, you know, I'm afraid sport to me is about winning. Okay, um, well, let I'm, me... I'm not sure, you know, whether I'm right or wrong. It's not about taking part. You let... know, when I played squash, I played sort of county level, and I played to win. You know, I didn't cheat. I just played to win. There's no gamesmanship. But, you know, my motto was it's not, a, it's not about the winning. It's about making the other fellow sorry he turned up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at another headline. Fans salute Chloe Kelly after the substitute whipped off her shirt and ran deliriously round the pitch. Now, yeah. a, a lot of gents will be probably quite happy about that. But, <clears throat> mark my words, I can already see a sea change in the behaviour of these players. So, mark my uh, grumpy old words, but you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, uh, that's the next thing that we'll see a lot more of. Women uh, taking the shirts off, running around the pitch. Now, the thing is, you see, when you come to games like, say, cricket and rugby union, you never see anybody take the shirt off and run round the pitch. I mean, it's... Well, we've got a yellow card for it, don't be for doing it. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. not the point. The yellow, the yellow card's not going to stop it. I mean... Well, it is if, if you do it twice. But why... They go, they go off the field, don't they? Yeah, but why do you do it in the first place? Because it does not make sense. If if you were playing cricket and you come thundering in with, a, you, you know, a, a great delivery, you don't... Uh, take your shirt off and run to the boundary and uh, do a lap of honour with your shirt off. If you're playing rugby league or rugby union and you really play and you, you manage a really fantastic try, um, again, you don't take your shirt off and uh, whirl it round over your head. I mean, you know, it's a mentality thing. It's a discipline thing. The one thing football seems not to have at the moment is discipline. And that's the you see uh, you, you see it's looking at the this is very negative by the way I I did enjoy the game I did enjoy the win but my prediction is now we're going to have a lot of girls doing things that the boys do which they shouldn't be doing there we are you know well I think a lot of girls would disagree with you. so the, the the girls are, are, are coming up and enjoying life they enjoy life much more than lads you see them out. See, and they're the first ones to complain when, uh, you know, they get anyone touches them or brushes past them. But they're not all like that. You know, girls can have a good time. You can see them having a good time. They all go out in the gang. And, you know, you don't see girls fighting each other. Like you see lads, you know, there's an occasion. Well, I saw, um, I saw one lady, I saw one lady who uh, shouted at the German guy, German girl, to F off. 
And um, the commentator actually did say a couple of minutes later, sorry if anybody can rip lip read. Um, yeah, I saw that, but that was nothing, was it? There's nothing there. You know, you can't uh, make Don, anything of that, really. Don, you know, I saw that bit. And whether she did tell her to her fact, she said something. But uh, I she tried said, to lip read it. I learned it back, but I didn't know what she said. No, I know what she said, because I can lip-read. I saw exactly what she said. But, yeah. again, you see, you haven't worked with these uh, YTS kids, the, the sort of kids that a lot will migrate to football. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, one of the one things, uh, one of the good things about certain sports is the, the, the rules are kept, and the rules make people behave a bit better. Not always, but if you don't... You know, if you look at what sport is designed to do, it's supposed to help people keep the uh, yeah, rules. The, the thing is, though, you see, it's easy standing on the touchline saying, see, the pressure of playing at that level, you can't imagine what, what the pressure is. You know, OK, she got up and told the, the other one to F off. Well, so what? You know, the pressure's there. It's all right going, that's disgraceful. You know, like the, like the local vicar. She shouldn't say that. I mean... Get on the field. They're trying to win the game. The pressure of the world is on them. You know, that's the thing with sports. People forget that. They always should do this. They should do that. You know, in the heat of the moment, you know, when you play football at that level or any level, your whole world is only on that field. That's it. You know, can I play football as you have? But the whole world is on that field. That's yeah. all that matters. It, it doesn't really matter about anything else during the game. I'm not... Um, your, mind is, your mind is just on that game. And that's it. That's how I used to feel when I played football. I'm not telling you I'm right. I'm just telling you that I'm observing certain things. Um, I mean, for example, you didn't mention about the, uh, the idea of the beer. You know, uh, when you've got think tanks at the FA now trying to put in place, and they've done it already, 11, you know, kids of 11 can't head the football um, just because some person seems to think that it's uh, heading the ball that gives you dementia. There's no proof of it. But this is, this is the way society's been for quite a while. You know, somebody comes up with some rather obscure idea or vision or something like that, and everybody... We talk about the sheep week in, week, week out, but we're now becoming sheep ourselves, if we're not careful, because there are certain things, Don, that you can see coming down the track. You know, and I think ladies' football... Heading the ball, you haven't heard one word during this tournament. Wait and see. Yeah, well, yeah. As I say, they only just found that out, haven't they? You get Bobby Charlson and then they all got dementia, then they all. But they haven't found it out, Don. They haven't. It's still only opinion. As as I say, if they looked at the after dinner drinking and the amount of alcohol these people um, have been imbibing over the years since they've been retired, um, I think you would find a different picture. I think you would find that the drinks lobby might be encouraged not to produce certain alcohol. You know, I, I look. I'm offering uh, an, another point of view. I offer the point of view that for years it was me um, uh, amongst others that was in the vanguard of trying to get girls to play football and be accepted for such. So I'm not anti. I just think that you have to try and make sure it doesn't follow the bad aspects of men's football. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, fine. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Right, I'm, I'm going to sing you the John Lennon song now. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, I don't want to be playing roses, mate. Not at this time of the morning. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, incidentally, if anybody's listening in and detects a subtle change, um, we've changed our platform because uh, when I put Skype on my computer now... I find uh, that Microsoft is trying to take control of everything that I, uh, that is on my computer. So um, we're not using that particular um, uh, platform at the moment, and uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, so now we go next to the complaints regarding the heat wave. Now, you are suffering tremendously in the UK, uh, not like us in Spain. I mean, we're... We're only on 40-odd degrees, but you are, I think, you're over 20, aren't you? Well, it was, well, I, was, what did I said this last week, didn't I? I? I said exactly this last week. It was disgraceful the way the BBC covered, we had two days of 40 degrees. The build-up was about three or four days, solid as it's coming, uh, we've got to put suntan oil on. We've got to be careful. We've got, we're going to fly. People are going to be in hospital. This is what we were getting to the build-up to it all. Then it came, and it's all people are complaining that they can't put suntan oil on their children because they can't afford suntan oil because of the price of food. This is the BBC scaremongering everybody, you know, oh, and, and houses are going to burst into flames. They showed how two houses on fire, and they were on fire because somebody had, had, had a barbecue in the field nearby and set all the field on fire, which had spread to the houses. It wasn't as if the sun was shining on the houses, which was how they were putting it over. And, of course, people, a lot of vulnerable people, were very, very upset and frightened. You know, because a lot of people don't see the BBC as the, the bold that they are, the actual bold S that they are, come out with. You know, and it's this sensationalism. It was disgraceful. And they were going out, and it was two damn days, that's all. The next day, it was back to 17 degrees. So we've had two days of a heat wave. And how you manage over there, I don't know. Because, you know, if, what, what would that mean if it was the, the amount of time you were getting over there? God knows. But it was terrible. So I, I, I went on about this last week because I thought it was... Anyway, apparently the BBC have received a barrage of complaints and threats which is wrong, but threats, you know, regarding the heat wave coverage, saying we frightened the life out of people and people were, were staying in and, uh, and, and because they were scared to go out. You see, this is the BBC. Why? You know, now we've got the football. There's nothing as if there's no other news now. It's just football, blanket football. You know, but anyway, that, that's, that was what we received. And we're not actually complaining about the barrage of complaints they get. You know, maybe, maybe they learn to give us news and not try and scare the life out of us all the time. So I just switch it off the news. That, that's how I, I, I do it. I just watch the thing at the side on the red button, see what's going on. You know, it, it, the BBC, thing, it, and you know, the sooner they privatise, the better, in my opinion. It's well, a bit awful, the BBC. Yeah, you, you know, 
for my way of looking at it, you have to bear in mind the fact that uh, during the war, uh, Hitler had a proper propaganda minister, and uh, basically they would feed out uh, lots and lots of uh, dripping out lots and lots of bad things to the public to worry about. And I think, quite frankly, that's what we're seeing with the BBC. I think that it's partly to do with what I bore everybody that I um, will talk about, which is basically uh, you've been having lots of communism coming into all your systems in the in the BBC and other parts of uh, the British way of life. And sadly, you know, um, people have been uh, completely unaware or completely um, against doing anything about it. I mean, you've even put a, a 5G spying system together that goes around your internet now, and they're doing the same here in Spain, you know, which is obviously feeding back to uh, certain parts of the world the information that they want to have. Meanwhile, of course, while we're all watching the football, Taiwan and uh, the Chinese are busy drilling their troops are ready to have a go at Taiwan and give us another problem. You see, if you, um, if you do like I do, which is basically I'm looking at um, lots of different bits of news, you do get a feel for what's actually just around the corner by looking at, you know, uh, monkeypox. We, I don't think we've had anything there's been a, a huge number of um, mortalities. And yet straight away, you know, straight straight away, everybody's worrying about uh, monkeypox. Not everybody. I'm not. Okay. Well, I, I think, look, you know, it, it, if we know the problem is coming from uh, the gay community, then we have an idea of where to look for the solution. But no, we won't be doing that. Well, the thing is, they say things like, you know, there's 2,000 people who got monkeypox. You know, when you look at the size of the world and the population, it's nothing. You know, they, they put these numbers out, you know, all the time. Oh, you know, the world is a massive place, you know, and, and the population are just dots on it, really. You know, the space in the world, it, it's, when you look at the, at the size of the globe, you know, you make out, oh, it's, it's 250 people have got monkeypox. Well, where? You know, they don't tell me where. Everyone's, everyone's starting to, oh, you know, I don't know what monkeypox is. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not interested because, you know, if it, if it affects gay people, well, it doesn't affect me, you know. Well, the thing, I, I, that's exactly the way I look at it. I mean, you know, uh, the problem is mainly uh, to connect. This is a doctor on TV telling us all this, by the way. And then the media sort of changes the tune to suit the narrative. But, I mean, if you've got a problem which is in the a particular community that we've dis discussed, um, then obviously that's where the remedy should lie. But they won't change anything. And unfortunately, certain activities, skin on skin, cause that particular problem. These Well, the trouble is, see, the trouble with the news, they're trying to make it like showbiz. Like the BBC have now got this great big six million pound studio so they walk around like film stars. It's news. It's not a fact. I don't want to watch a movie in the morning. I, don't, I want to watch the news. I want to see someone sitting behind a desk and 
one person, not two, just one person sitting behind the desk, man or woman, and tell us what the news is for half an hour, full stop. So that's, that's all we need. But we've got to sensationalise it because we've got to fill 24 hours. And, you know, to, to try and make it like films, like movies, like the, the, the movies, and, and it isn't. It's news. Don't try and make it more than it is, which is what they're doing. Sensationalising everything. We look at a subject and we think, how can we make that negative? And that's all we do with the BBC, with the main news. Every day, they'll say things like, uh, a lot of people with this heat wave will end up in hospital. They show a hospital with a bloke, a poor old guy in a bed with an oxygen mask on his face. You see, people are going to go in hospital anyway, but that's nothing to do with the heat wave. You know, this is what they're like. They put these things on so everyone goes, oh, that could be me. I could. You see, they frighten people. That's the thing. It doesn't affect me because I just think it's a load of crap. But, you know... They think, um, there's a lot of people who are very weak out there and they're frightened old people and someone said during the two days in Brighton here which is um, uh, a, a, a seaside resort some guy was telling me he went out on the it was a Monday and a Tuesday the two days of 40 degrees there's nobody out it's, and it's normally packed Brighton, normally oh, hundreds and thousands of people there. He said there was nobody there, it was empty, everyone was staying in, panicking. You know, this is the BBC for you. Pathetic. It you is. Know what I mean? It is, and it's also an indicator to the people behind all this of how much power they have got and what the leverage will be. Don't forget, uh, we've had no news about the Ukraine for the last couple of weeks. I no, mean, no, that no. seems to have suddenly dissipated. Uh, we we have COVID sort of working away in the background. Uh, but of course, we don't have anything to do with the flu, seasonal flu, anything like that anymore. Um, sorry, I, I'm afraid, you know, we can't say these things don't exist, but they've already always existed, but they haven't been given blanket coverage. And that's why, yeah. you know, that's... Well, it's, not, it's not leverage, you know. It, it, people are, are like sheep. They're there for the taking. That's why there's billionaires. You know, you see, if you said to me, or if anyone said to me, oh, there's going to be a shortage of toilet rolls, I just laughed. Uh, you know, and they all, and they all run out panicking and pile the toilet rolls 10 feet high in their, in their supermarket trolleys in case they run out. That's what people are like. Really, it's all very well going out and, oh, we're all clapping the, the, the NHS at 8 o'clock in the morning. All very nice. But they're only really, at the end of the day, they're only worried about themselves. And unless you can see through the garbage you watch on the television, you're going to be affected by it. I'm not affected by it at all. You know, I just look at it and think, that's a load of crap. And that's it. You know, I'm not leveraging you know, anything. It hasn't altered my life at all. You know, it's the only thing it's altered is I've got to pay for more for, for juice, for petrol and, and diesel or whatever. That's that's coming down in price, big deal, you know, about four pence. But that, that's the only thing. So I, I, I can't do anything about it. I've got to drive around. So that's it. You know, it doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever. So, you know, however anybody thinks about theories or whatever, fine, you know, maybe you're right. But it doesn't affect me at all. You know. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens with that one um, as we go next to the Open Golf 
uh, which you described as a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. Um, well, first off, we've got the Commonwealth Games, haven't we? We, we had the, the, the Commonwealth Games followed the, uh, followed the World Championships with the sport. And it's a bit soon, I thought. It, it, I, mean, I know we've got to have it when we have it. But I, I think we were getting a bit tired of sport. And I think what they did, when we put the Commonwealth Games on, they started with the, the cycling and the swimming, which is pretty boring to watch, you know, I find. Uh, they should have had the athletics first to get everybody up and running again. Well, up and running is a good one. But, you see, I, I thought the Commonwealth Games wasn't that good. You know, it, 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 we've seen it all. We've had enough, really, of, of all the athletics. And I think the problem was... With, uh, you know, too soon after the World Championships, I thought, I don't know how you felt, and the swimming, you know, it, 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 the swimming's boring. Okay. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? The cycling's pretty boring. You know, you can't get into it like you can with the running and, and the high jumping and all that. You know, I, I think it's, I, I was a bit, bit disappointed. I didn't much, much of it, you know. Okay. And, and then we had the open golf, which I thought was a bit of a damp squib, actually, because uh, I can't even remember who won it. I know that Rory McIlroy didn't, but um, I don't have, you know, I don't think the initial late-night coverage helped. It wasn't on, you needed it in the afternoon. If you didn't have much of it on, you know, and I think that, that, that sort of lost its way a bit, I thought. Yeah. Okay, well, for me, um, I watched the Open. Um, I think... Well, I don't know what to, I don't know what to actually comment on because I did actually enjoy it. Um, I thought McElroy should have probably won it, but the last day nerves stopped him. Um, I thought the coverage was adequate. You know, I, I I know what I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch a bit of it every now and again. Now, when it comes to the Commonwealth Games, exactly what you're telling me is the way I felt. I think everything's. It's to keep us all occupied and busy and something to watch on TV. I've got to say, I think Birmingham have done a great job. I watched the opening ceremony. Um, I noticed Lenny Henry came on, looked a little bit jaded, tried to do a club act in front of all the world's media and everything, which I think is a bit silly. You know, give us a yo and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, and then... One of the um, the gay brigade turned up to give us um, a political slant on B- the BBC not or British government not welcoming um, everybody all the time. And, you know, they all get little digs in, which they shouldn't do. They should never be asked to ever do anything again if they're going to be like that. I thought the opening ceremony was very good. Um, if we talk about the cycling, did you see what happened in the velodrome yesterday? No. Well, uh, cycling round at that speed around the velodrome track is always going to be dangerous. And there was a couple of freak accidents. Uh, The first one they described as a really freak accident. Um, And then one happened again later on. So, you know, this freak accident is now two freak accidents. And... um, in the one of them, um, one of the one of the British one of the English riders, I think it was, 
actually went over the barrier and into the crowd, and he's in sort oh, of God, yeah. Yes, so that yeah. was bad. Um, I think the cycling you see is always they they always kick off the Olympic Games with the cycling and the swimming and the lesser sports, and then they end up with the big uh, athletic events. I thought the um, the swimming. I always think is a bit boring anyway. But then when you yeah, sit yeah. and watch a bit of it, you can see that there's some great swimmers and some great names and some great achievements. But for me, um, I've never been the greatest fan of the swimming. So we put that one to bed. Um, but I did enjoy the sevens. Uh, Fiji were playing last night in the final in the ladies, the Fijians were playing, I think it was New Zealand and they got beaten. And then the Fijian men were playing Australia, uh, no, South Africa, and they got beaten in that one. Um, Britain, England, nowhere, got hammered by Samoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there, there are items of interest. It just depends what mood you're in, whether you're ready for a sit-down. I've had the grandchildren over last week, so, of course, I've been running around like a, a fly with a blue backside. <laughs> And, you know, um, so when it, when it was time to sit down and watch the athletics, I watched a couple of the triathlons, which I thought were very good. Um, you know, at least you're not being politicised when you watch that. Yeah, as I say, I enjoy sport. It's great. You know, because the thing with the news, you can look at the news on the side panel. It's there. You know, you, you click on the red button or whatever the button is, and it comes up at the side of your screen. And you can see what, what the news here and worldwide news and the sports and everything's there. You don't need a great big studio with a, a, a thousand uh, pictures on the wall and, and, and screens. You don't need all that. You know, to give us the news and sports... As I say, the coverage of the sport's great, you know, the BBC cover it well. It's great, you can't argue with that. But it's just the news, they, they've, got to ha they've got to sort the news out. Because it's not just me, everyone's the same. They're all moaning, and oh, and you, you put the news on in the morning, and it's just depressing. You know, by the time I just switch it off, as soon as he starts on the hospital intake and this and that, you know, they don't give you the other side of the story. You know, people are going to go into hospital anyway. It's not because of a two-day heat wave. You know, that, that's the thing, but that's how they put in it. And it was disgraceful, and I'm delighted he got a barrage of complaints. And he's never had so many complaints, apparently, about that. And it's exactly what I said last week, wasn't it? It so is. everybody must agree with me. It is. And, and uh, you know damn well what will happen. They'll have, uh, as you've outlined many times, they'll have the expert will turn up in the studio and will oh, give yeah, us yeah. their version of what they've done and tell everybody that they were correct and everybody else was wrong. So Right. We, we think we've got it right. That's what he said. That's the, I think I'll get a T-shirt and send it to them. The BBC, we think we've got it right. You see, that's the, it's not so much the BBC as a whole. It's the news, just the news people. That, that's what I've got against. I mean, the BBC are okay, you know, and as I've said in the past, they stopped giving the over-75s the free licence. They stopped doing that one week after my 75th birthday. So you can imagine that I'm not that happy about it anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, but that, that, that's all I've got. They, they need to tell you the news both sides. It's all biased. 
all the time. You've got to look at it and think, how can we make this? It's like the Sun newspaper. You know, the, the headlines, they make you, and when you read behind the headlines, it's just rubbish. The headlines, they make, they make it so, so you read it. And, and the, the news, the headlines of the news at the start, and you think, oh, and, the, and it's not actually about what they're talking about. They just sensationalise everything. It's not a movie. It's the news, you know, and we need one person there reading the news. That's it. Well, yes. You are absolutely right, and you know what annoys me as a news watcher is uh, I'm looking at today's news, and of course, as you'd expect, plastered over the front of the newspaper, uh, you have the ladies all drinking beer and um, taking their shirts off. So you know that's now acceptable because that's the way um, the England lionesses have roared. <laughs> and further down, you've got a. Uh, charity donation and Prince Charles uh, was accused of a serious lack of judgment after it emerged his charity accepted a million pound from the family of Osama bin Laden. Sorry, um, you know, this is the man that you're going to now have your king. And um, quite honestly, he's been uh, like this all his life. Um, and he's involved in all sorts of shady stuff that uh, he shouldn't be involved with, including this one that's come out. Now, he'll be exonerated. There'll be somebody telling us that we're wrong and, um, you know, he, he knows what he's doing, etc. Well, the thing is, see, the royals are there. They bring money into the country. You know, to me, Charles, I wouldn't go across the street to see him. You know, he's it, a bit of a plunker, isn't he? You know, the, uh, the other fact is, his lad's okay. William's a good lad. You know, at least he's done his bit. Yeah. And the other guy, uh, the younger fella, you know, they, they've done their bit. But uh, it's of no interest. It doesn't affect me. You know, people say, oh, the money we're spending on, it doesn't affect me. You know, they're there, and that's it. You know, it's, it's part of the history of the country. And people come to the country to see... The, the, the kings and queens. The fact, you know, that, that we don't know whether it, the, the bloodline's changed or what it is. We, we don't know about that. But I don't, I don't know. They don't bother me. I look at Charles and I think, well, uh, you know, he's, he's on another planet. You know, he's point, hand in his pocket, pointing round. You know, I don't think, I don't honestly think Charles is with it. I don't think he realises. I think he thinks everybody is in awe of him. I think that's what he thinks. And I think he's surrounded by people that tell him that. So, you know, I don't think he realises what most people think of him. You know, I don't dislike the fellow, but I just can't see the point of him. You know, he's, he's got no personality at all. You know, unlike well, well, the other guy. So William's great. You know, he's a good laugher and he's open. And But Charles is very sort of... Well, I don't know what he is. He's sort of a nothing, isn't he? He's sort of, he's a, he's a zero, isn't he, really? Well, you know, and, and I, I worked at his college, so obviously I have probably a, a, a different idea, um, but it's based on the fact that if he is purported to be the head of the state and he's the head of the church, and yet, um, you know, he's quite happy to trot Camilla round. Camilla, by the way, the Spanish word for stretcher. Um, I just thought I'd mention that in passing because it, it, it gives me a lovely uh, visual of what I think uh, should be happening alongside the prince. Two people 
carrying Camilla sprawled out on a stretcher. Anyway, um, no, for me, I just think that it's total hypocrisy. The whole thing... Well, the thing, the thing is, you see, he comes out uh, of these events and he's got a, a coat on covered in medals. I mean, it's a joke, isn't it? Can he see? He looks stupid. You know, he, he's got medals, but the coat must weigh a ton of all these medals. And he's done nothing. You know, he's done nothing. You know, it's not as if he's, he's, he's fought wars or anything. You know, that, that's the thing. But he can't seem to see that it looks stupid. You know, and people think that. Well, most people do. But, you know, he has his followers all the world cheering. And, I mean, it's, it's nice. See, people like uh, person, they like um, personalities, don't they? They like people to see on the telly. You know, if, if, you, if you're wandering down the street, once you're on the telly, everybody's looking at you. Oh, you know, he's, he's a celebrity. See, people like that. And they're having Prince Charles coming to make a presentation. And loads of people turn up. And, we, and really, they don't really know why they turn up, but it's to see Prince Charles. That, that's how it is. But when he comes out with, as I say, a coat full of uh, two ton of medals on it, he, he, somebody should tell him and say, you know, Your Highness, that looks ridiculous. You know, but he, he probably wouldn't believe it. He'd think he's impressing people with that, you see, with all the medals. He's probably and, been. And he, He's probably been on a course and uh, somebody has told him that if he has his medals, it'll weigh him and keep his feet on the ground. So, you know, that's... (laughs) (laughs) It was at this point in the podcast that I heard a click and uh, nothing registered on my screen, on my monitor, particularly alerting me to a problem. However, um, when I came to play the recording back at 41 minutes we did get uh, a change in the quality and it was not good enough to put out as a podcast so first of all my apologies to uh, Don Woods uh, to Don sorry about that um, but it just wouldn't have um, really done you any uh, service at all it wouldn't have done you any good uh, Don went on to talk to me about the ladies football and the fact that um, you know maybe uh, the commentators uh, for the especially the uh, charity shield game between Liverpool and Man City uh, there was a lady who wasn't and should we say enhancing uh, what was being done anyway the difference between the men's game and the ladies' game was paramount and something that um, Don wanted to make sure that um, we picked up that he had noticed. He also told me about a, um, a, a film he'd seen regarding uh, Jackie Onassis and he recommends it thoroughly. Uh, we did talk a little bit about his meeting with Diana Dawes, who was like the British star the big star at the time that Marilyn Rowe was the big star in the United States of America all in all um, a very sad ending to what I wanted to do because um, Don has a recording which we're going to play for you now of him with the great James Burton who of course was Elvis's guitarist he played with Ricky Nelson and um, Don is able to tell us that he played with uh, Ricky Nelson's great guitarist James Burton at the Floral Pavilion, Wirral Merseyside. So, without any further ado, that's where we're going, and I will put uh, the recording that Don sent me 
from that particular event. Don, my apologies. Technology this time of the year is just awful. It's too bloomin' hot. Ah, thank you, Greg. This is great stuff. In 1958, I first heard this song. I learned to play it in 1958, which is amazing. I was only one. I was the youngest guitarist ever in the world. And uh, this was the song which a lot of guitarists learned to play, and the sound is still unique. It's the James Burton sound. It's Poor Little Fool, a Ricky Nelson classic. Take it away, James. <laughs> To hasten at my call When I met that little girl I knew that I would fall For little food Oh yeah I was a fool Oh uh -huh. little fool I was a fool, oh yeah She played around and teased me With her carefree devil eyes She hold me close and kiss me but her heart was full of lies Oh, little fool Oh, yeah I was a fool Oh, oh, oh little fool I was a fool, oh, yeah She told me that she cared for me That we'd never part So for the very first time I gave away my heart Oh, little fool Say she was gone and I knew she'd lied to me She left me with a broken heart and won her victory Oh, little fool, oh yeah, I was a fool Oh, uh, 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 little fool, I was a fool, oh yeah I've played this game with other hearts, but I never thought I'd see the day when someone else would play love's foolish game with me Poor little fool Oh yeah I was a fool Ah uh -huh. Poor little fool I was a fool, oh yeah Poor little fool 